How to behave ourselves on the story? Well, y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. As your kids, tell them to sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. Hey everybody, it's your girl Claudia Jordan and it's Wednesday and I'm back with a brand new episode of TGIF. Now, like always, you know, we're here to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. Now sit back, relax and get ready to sip on this hot tea that we about to serve y'all. Please welcome multimedia personality talk show host Funky Dineva. What's up, Q? Ooh, child, I'm a little <laughs> I had a new gentleman call the last night, so I'm a little <laughs> winded. So if I'm not fully present tonight, y'all got to forgive me. We're going to have to uh, put a stop to your uh, off-camera shenanigans affecting the show where you're just all worn out. We'll have to get into that in a little bit. And please welcome brand strategist Al Reynolds. What's up, Al? What's going on, Claudia? How's so, Vegas? Oh, it's interesting. I'll have to report back next week how it all ends out. But um, I'm here with uh, KJ as a conference for real estate. And I was at the tables oh. last night. How much you lose? I don't know. <laughs> it's not important right now. It's really not important how much I lost. It's about the experience that I gained. Okay. It's about... <laughs> now, I was in the whole heavy. But then I... I'm at the Bellagio. At the Bellagio. Ooh, that's fancy. And shout out to my girl Flo, who flew out here from LA to, to give me a little fresh sewing. So I got it together. And I had a fun night. KJ had a fun night. I had about nine drinks at the table, all doubles. Okay. I felt like I felt like uh like cute last night. I still got my money. <laughs> right, but you worn out. So how you doing today? Yeah. Let's get in, let's get into your night and, and your gentleman caller. What what what, what happened? Nothing, nothing. I, I just, you know, I just had a little friend at the bar was you know drinking. Uh, mm -hmm. Little Kim came on. Um, I don't want not tonight. I met this dude named Jimmy. Used to run all Emmy nighttime, pissy drunk off the Henny and Remy. And so when that part came on, he was like, "Get him a Henny and a Remy." And before you know it, I'm doing shots of Henny and Remy. We were both doing shots of Henny and Remy at the same time. And so did he run up any? No, it wasn't no run up nation, <laughs> but we, oh. we did have a good time. So he, I, 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 I read people for a living. So you pause at the run up in it. It was more of a, right. more of a sensual thing than a run up in it. Something did go down, but it wasn't a run up in yeah, it. Yeah, we pulled out a lot a little bit. That's all. Does he have potential for this? Like no, a not at all. <laughs> not at all. It was just a drunken one night stand. You know me. A Samoan, right? He was Samoan. Mm -hmm. Oh. The Moans are big men. They're a big people, aren't they, Al? They're yeah. cool. I said that before you came in pre-production. I was like, ooh, you got your good old healthy man. Anyway. We got to send you a, so a gift card to like a spa so they recover from all that Samoan meat. All right, anyways, what are y'all drinking tonight? What are y'all sipping on? Are y'all drinking tonight? Water. Oh, you had a rough night. Okay, yeah. <laughs> a little red wine. That's all I got, though, in the whole bottle. So we're going to okay. make it last. <laughs> I'm going to save my like, drinking for later on when I get back in them crap tables. All right, now, before we kick off the show, tomorrow was Veterans Day. We want to thank all the veterans for their service. My dad, my man, my man's father. KJ did 20 years in the, in the, uh, the Air Force, so definitely shout out to him and his family. And Al, your father, brother, and nephews are also veterans. 
I want you to talk about the importance of honoring our veterans, especially veterans of color in this country. Absolutely. So, Claudia, you know, there are 19 million U.S. veterans. And, you know, the Veterans Day started to celebrate the end of World War II. But the day is set aside now to honor all those courageous, dedicated, and honorable Americans who sacrificed their lives to serve the United States um, Armed Services. So just like KJ, my father served, was drafted into the um, U.S. Army in 1951, and he was drafted to the Korean War. He served in the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Dominican uh, Republican Revolt. Uh, He did the Berlin crisis, and he also did two tours in Vietnam. Now, I also have an older brother who played in the NFL, but also served 15 years in the reserves in the United States Army. I had another brother who served 10 years in the Army Reserves, and he was deployed to Iraq in 2005. Please pray for my brother. Um, I also have three young nephews who decided to go into the military. That This is Trevor. He served uh, six years in the Marines Reserves. I have a brother, a nephew, Ryan. He served four years in the United States Army active duty. And my last nephew is Trevor, and he served four years in the Marines Reserve. So and just a shout out. Your bisexual ass became an overglorified secretary. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a hater. But that's okay. I, I do want to shout out all the men, including KJ and your, your family, Claudia, that put their lives on the line. But let me tell you something really quickly. Regardless of how you feel about the United States Armed Forces, 43% of the armed forces is made up of people of color. And not only does that make them the largest employer of African-Americans, but it also makes the African-Americans in the armed services the largest contributors to the economic, um, what do we want to call it, the the economy. Let's call it to the economy. Because as you know, armed service individuals are the highest in home ownership, the highest in health care coverage, and also the highest numbers of people that pay their taxes. So shout out to all of those who serve in the military in the United States of America. You are what makes this country stay alive. Very much so. I almost joined the Army in 1991. I had the recruiters come to my house because I didn't think I was going to go to college. And I played those people up until it was time to go to Boston, take a test, and then get sworn in. I said, you know what? I oh. think I'm going to go ahead and just be a model. And they were so pissed. <laughs> so so shout out to the ones that went through it because, listen, I couldn't do it. And what I shout think, out to you. What mm-hmm. I think is so unfortunate about that stat that Al just gave is how people of color, uh, we're good enough to protect and serve but not good enough to live peaceably in this country. Like, that's just the first thing that came to That's strange, right? You know what I'm saying? It's it's just weird. We're the main ones putting ourselves on the front lines to protect people who could more times than not care less about us. And the trash treatment they get when they get back from the the, the service is is ridiculous. So we want to shout out to all the veterans that are here with us and the families of those who have lost people. Thank you for the often thankless contribution from this country. Thank you so much for what you did in your sacrifice. All right, y'all, let's jump into some hot topics. Uh, okay, we have some updates about Travis Scott's Astroworld Festival. Now, nine-year-old Ezra Blunt is uh, in a medically induced coma after attending the, f- the festival with his dad. Ezra was on his father's shoulders when his father passed out due to the heat. Now, Ezra fell and was trampled. He was initially taken to a hospital and listed as a John Doe, and family members later learned that he is also suffering from major organ damage. Ezra is uh, the youngest victim so far. Now, it's been reported 
that Travis is being sued by that child's family, as well as several other victims who are also injured. What are your thoughts on this tragedy? And should a nine-year-old have been at this concert in the first place? I mean, you can't tell people how to raise their kids or what content that they should be able to consume. This is just a very sad story. And, and I know when situations like this, somebody's head has to roll and we have to make somebody the, the, the scapegoat. I feel bad, first and foremost, for all the people who have lost their family members. But I also feel good, I mean, bad that this is now being made the Travis Scott situation. I mean, because he didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like as the performer, he showed up to sound check and got on stage and did his job. Shouldn't a lot more of this responsibility be falling on maybe Live Nation per se or the venue? I agree. Al, what do you think? I have to disagree with that. Uh, first of all, uh, Travis Scott needs to stand up and he is you know, taking some responsibility. Travis Scott in general, his marketing, is two young kids. Let's not forget he has a $20 million Happy Meal deal with McDonald's. So he is paraded in front of kids all the time. Also, Travis Scott's album cover, Astral World, has kids on it. It is the depiction of a circus in an amusement park. So he's constantly appealing to kids in order to get that large number of sales from the kids because they have disposable income because of their, their family. Now, who's responsible? I think it's a, it should be a shared responsibility. First of all, parents should know that Travis Scott has a history. He has a rap sheet, convictions, and pleaded guilty to inciting rage and um, crowd, uh, what's it called, guys? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm blanking. Insurrection. Yeah, so he is. he has many, he has a long rap sheet of doing that in different cities with his concerts. Parents should look into what they're sending their kids into. He, this is nothing new. He, he, people have died or gotten bodily harmed in his concerts before. So I think it should be a shared responsibility. Parents should know where they're sending their kids and who they're sending their kids to go see. Travis Scott, Scott knows that he has a history of inciting rage and 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 you know this type of of intense pushing and shoving at his at his concerts and the record label know it too. And I just feel like all of them should share the responsibility of making sure those lives and people that were injured are taken care of. He's definitely being at the fore. He's at the forefront. I do think that he shares some of the responsibility, but I do think he should not be the main face. And I think that you only really hear much about him. And as far as that, if you're a performer, you're going to perform, wouldn't you think? And you have people that are, are, are that's their, literally their job to make sure that things are in place, that these things don't happen. And you focus on your performance, correct? Right? That's and, that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, like that's the part of why I'm like, oh, like, these people, they're all canceling him. And I'm just like. It's, it's getting sketchy for me because it's like, is it, I don't hire security. I, I, I'm not over barricades and stage logistics. I am only responsible for what I can do on the stage. Now, to the extent in which he's, inciting people to i guess you know act crazy and stuff sure but even then this just to me feels as if it falls more on the logistics and security department than it does the, the artist well you know they did have a young lady who was a part of the security team allegedly there were 900 individuals that were selected to be security but they were chosen off of facebook and social media so they had no security training and she shared the accounts of 
the head guy of security wasn't even paying attention to the concert and didn't even know when this rage and this push started. So, you know, you're right. There, there should be some accountability, but let's, let's, let's be very clear that Travis Scott knows what he's doing. If you guys watched his documentary, it's amazing. People love that man. Those kids were climbing over the gate to get to him. It's almost like a cult-like environment. I just hope that this incident really forces him to dial it back and to become more aware at the effect that he has on his audience. There were there were meetings before this happened that they they didn't think they were equipped to 50,000 plus people more than they say their the reports maybe even higher closer to 70,000 or 80. And then again to piggyback of what you said out they were hiring people paying them 10 12,000 an hour that had no experience in security to work this thing. They were they were they had a too big of a crowd. And they were understaffed. And I heard tickets were like $500. So the Kardashians have reported, uh, reportedly removed footage of Travis Scott from their reality show on Hulu. According to a source, the Kardashians know the Astroworld investigation will be a lengthy one. And it's the last thing they want to talk about when they return to reality television. Now, Kylie and Kendall Jenner attended the festival and they both released statements along with their sister, Kim, declaring their distress over the tragedy. There's also a petition to have Scott drop from Coachella and it isn't helping his cause that he's known for encouraging his fans to engage in mosh pits during right. his concerts. Now, uh, his career, of course, has taken a huge hit because of this tragedy. Do y'all think he'll be able to recover from this or not? Yeah, I mean, Diddy did. You know, we, we, we can't remember, you remember that many, many years ago, Diddy had that thing at, at one of the colleges or somewhere and some people got trampled oh, yeah. on, the doors didn't open and they got trampled on. Um, I think he'll be able to recover. Um, I think it's unfortunate that he's he's being canceled left and right. And like I said, I don't I, I don't want to sound insensitive to people who have lost their lives. Right. I just don't understand how this is the fault of the performer. And as Claudia, you and I know, I mean, hell, as many live shows and stuff that I do, I don't ever want to be responsible for what happens in the audience when I'm just there to perform. Yeah, you know, Claudia, I think he I think he'll recover. But he also, I keep coming back to this, guys. He has a long rap sheet. He has been charged and convicted for doing this on a regular basis. So I think he needs to take ownership and understand the effect that he has on this audience. Now, regardless of that, Travis is going to be okay. This is what upsets me about this story. These Kardashians are so good at taking advantage of Black men. They're able to procreate with them, have kids with them, walk the red carpet with them, grace the cover of major magazines with them. But the second they get into trouble, you're going to abandon them like they're a used pair of shoes. Hell no, that's not right. And I can't wait to the day that somebody stands up for the, the inequities that they have within their brand. I just don't like it. That man didn't. Oh, I just don't like it. Sorry. Lisa Jones says the people who trampled over the victims need to be held accountable as well. And Kalex says Travis waited hours to address any issues. So right. I'm sure he had also be, you know, think about his brand moving forward and like, when do I say something? You, right. you know, I don't know. Anyways, we are going to take a quick commercial break and we will definitely keep y'all abreast of any updates with this story. We'll be back with more TGIF when we return. Everybody, welcome back to TGIF. Let's get back into it. Uh, this morning, Kyle Rittenhouse took the stand to testify about why he killed two people who were protesting the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Now, Rittenhouse could barely get through his statement when he broke down mid-sentence. As a result of his meltdown, the judge, which seems like he's a family member at this point, calls for a recess. Take a look at this clip. 
cornered from in front of me with Mr. Zeminski and there were Are y'all buying this performance or not? Nah? I didn't see not, not one there tear drop out of those eyeballs. I mean, you try to force yourself. You <laughs> Listen, I've done enough bad acting in the 90s and all the music videos <laughs> I did to know that this was horrific acting. Horrific. He must have a public defender fresh out of the easiest law school to go to. <laughs> And no budget money to have sent him to a rich white woman house so she could have showed him how <laughs> to do it properly. I'm not even an attorney, but I know that him playing the sympathy card definitely was the wrong move in this case. Because, buddy, ain't nobody going to feel sympathetic for you and now we really looking at you like bro you playing us uh what do you think about his act uh i mean his tears <laughs> you know i'm like you i said i ain't seen that one tear he tried though he pushed it from the diaphragm but he still didn't get it but let me tell you what's so interesting here guys remember he came down to the protest not to support the protest he came looking for heat because he came with a gun. Now, how he ended up bumping into those three defendants who ended up, he ended up killing two of them, I don't know. But I don't, I know this ain't the best thing to say, but he killed one of those defendants, one of those victims, because those victims were chastising the people that were supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, right? One of the guys that he killed was Joseph Rosenbaum. And Joseph Rosenbaum is a, has 11 counts of child molestation with little boys between 9 and 11 years old having anal sex with them. So, so what I'm hearing so I, is he did us a favor. He did us a favor. Okay, I get, I get that. And I, I've been seeing that online, okay? That is a fact. We know now that that person was right. a piece of shit. At right. the, we gotta, we gotta, he has to be stand trial for what he was thinking, what was happening in that in moment. moment. He didn't right. know that. And when we get right. to a point when 17 year old young white teenagers, well, 17 year old teenagers take guns, cross state lines, go over 30 some miles into a whole right. city, claiming to defend property in his community because his dad lives around that area. Okay. You was going looking for trouble. Yes. It so yes. happened to work in his favor that this guy has is, is a, is a, is a horrible person. But when we get to a point when young vigilantes are out here and, 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 and being a judge, jury and executioner, yeah. we just can't have that. I watched some of the trial today and uh, you know, when first of all, the prosecutor was, was getting his butt kicked all day. Okay. By the judge. Right. And then finally he started to get it together and out and he was really kind of getting into the mindset of why you were really down there. You know, you your mom dropped you off with a rifle and with your assault weapon <laughs> to go protect people's property. And the p- person that owned that property said, I don't want y'all down here doing this for me. And you did it anyways. Mm-hmm. You went looking for that smoke. And you, and found you got it. it. But see, the best part is it was white supremacists versus white supremacists. So for me, I'm cool with it. So, let, you know, I would just the chip, ask the question. Fall where they make. He, he came down there. Knowing good and well, he wasn't protecting no businesses. He came down there looking for some heat. And what he ended up bumping into was other heat from his other white supremacist friends, which he ended up firing off on because he's young and scared. 
So you and know, he I'm lied glad. and said he was down there as a trained medic. He said he was right. a trained medic. He said that. What a gun. He also lied and said that um, uh, he didn't shoot anybody. It's he had someone following him with a camera that wanted to interview him and and cover him, whatever. So he people are so ridiculous with this camera and this need to be seen. They are filming everything. So you know, oftentimes when crimes like this happen and the victims are black, the white person gets off. Um, These victims happen to be white. So are we going to be mad if he get off? I'm still gonna be mad because it's not the same energy that they would keep with a uh, with, with black folks. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like every I'm just, time I'm just much- checking. I'm, I didn't get the yep. email from the NAACP, so I'm just trying to figure out <laughs> where I need to put my emotions. In this case, I'm just like I'm not even interested anymore because once I found out that he was pretty much a white supremacist and he bumped into white supremacists and they had their little quarrel and he killed somebody. Okay, good. Y'all need to kill each other off. I'm good. Next story. I don't even need one. I don't even think about this case anymore. It just bothers me because even though it, it's all white, it, it is white victims, it is white it and white crime. It was intention right? behind it. It was fueled by black hate. Right, it was. And and also when this man is, is in, in the midst of all these fires and gunshots and he walks towards the police with a rifle strapped to him, they said they gave him a heads up, a thumbs up. There was they no did. issue. But Tamir Rice, 12-year-old self playing with a gun that the person called and said, I think it's a toy. I, until the, it's, it's, it's um, the same energy is kept, for our people, as for them, I'm still gonna be mad. Mm-hmm. I'm still Makes gonna sense. be mad. It's just there's still a way to look at it and be like, oh no, hell no. Well, we're just gonna say this: they, they got the trial is gonna be lengthy, and they've got enough time to register him for some uh, classes. Because the next time he come back to do the cry, we are gonna need you know just a little <laughs> water. He maybe he was dehydrated, and <laughs> I'm trying to help him. So to the bad actors out there, I've done some bad acting myself. So let me give you some tips. Now, if you want to cry and look believable, <laughs> what you can do is take some tweezers and pluck one of your nose hairs right before you're seen. It'll automatically make your eyes really water. You can do that. Or uh-huh. stare directly at a wall and don't blink for like 30 to 45 seconds. Your eyes will also get tear up from that. Or if you really have trouble, I take some liquid soap and put it underneath my nail. And right before my crying scene... I touch my eye and it burns so much. You'll actually get the red nose and you'll look like you're really crying. Oh, there you go, really white cool. women and, and, and young, uh, you know, school shooters. You're welcome. Right. <laughs> Moving the hell on from that. Music executive Jay Prince had an unexpected run with Ye this week at a, a chapel in Houston, Texas. Jay Prince tweeted, it wasn't in my plans to meet him there, but I must say I'm glad I didn't allow a worship place for God to deter, deter our meeting Jay Prince is very close with Larry Hoover, who is the co-founder of the Chicago gang, the Gangster Disciples, and is currently serving a life sentence in prison. Now, whatever Jay Prince said to Ye must have had an impact on him because shortly after, Ye posted a video with Jay Prince announcing that he will put on a benefit concert in Los Angeles in the hopes of freeing Hoover from prison. Ye also said that he's ready to put his ongoing issues with Drake aside and even asked Drake to perform with him for the cause. Drake has yet to respond. What do you think about this story and Kanye West coming back home to the black people after he's going through a, well, a breakup and now he got the bass back in his voice and he wants to rock with black people again? What do y'all think about this? This is amazing. Is that a miracle? <laughs> so, first question. Um, do we want Larry Hoover released from prison? <laughs> I'm, I mean, just... 
I won't even visit Chicago right now with all the different <laughs> gang violence that is that going on. I don't want no products made from Chicago. I don't want nobody from Chicago to even say hello to me. All the gang violence. So first and foremost, do we want Larry Hoover released from prison? Okay. Next question. I hate when celebrities do things that benefit them under the guise of like charity and I'm doing a good cause. I mean, because him and Drake doing this concert together in Chicago would gross Kanye a hell of a lot of money and actually it, Kanye's reputation would actually benefit for this. So right. this is less to do about damn Larry Hoover who probably needs to remain in prison. <laughs> Chicago people don't come down to Miami and shoot up. I'm just a little young gay boy from Miami. I don't know nothing about no damn Larry Hoover, but if he got life in prison, he should probably be there. Um, yeah. <laughs> we start picking people that get out of prison that like did other crimes. Like, okay, I accidentally voted on a, you know, when I shouldn't have, stuff like that. Like maybe we get those people out. Now, what do you think about this? Do we want them out? And do you like this? Do we have a video to show? This shit was funny to me. <laughs> Y'all got me laughing. I'm taking shots at each other, and it's time to put it to rest. I'm asking Drake on December 7th to join me on stage as a special guest to share the two biggest albums of the year live in Los Angeles with the ultimate purpose being to free Larry Hoover. This is giving me Taliban force video. Right, I don't want right. to get beheaded. Exactly. all them gangster disciples money. That's you know, what I thought. And they <laughs> caught his ass at McDonald's. <laughs> and that's why Jay Prince said, I didn't think it was. Then to go to Yo, it looked like he was at gunpoint. Because anybody that's interested in like apologizing and want to settle a beat, you don't need to read it from a cell phone. Right. Like they were right. like, <laughs> he was like, I am at if in the ransom is 16 million. I was no like, enthusiasm, okay. no nothing. No, no. This is this this I smell something a little bit uh uh sneaky about Drake, stay your up. ass out of Chicago, okay? Do, do not go. Something in this milk is not clean. No, it's not. Kanye, I don't know. Like you are so, like you, the shape shifting as of late is just you're all over the place. Like I don't know who the real Kanye is anymore. I and just really tell, don't know. Tell Selena Johnson don't take her ass down there with him either. Let, <laughs> <laughs> I will tell her on Monday. Yeah. I will pass the message to her. Let, right, we're gonna take yes. a we're gonna take a quick break, and um, I'm sure we'll have another Kanye story next week. And I don't know, maybe For he'll sure. be back with the Kardashians or back on the Trump train. Or now he wants a Larry Hoover release. He's all the extremes are so wide, aren't they? All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more TGIF after this. Welcome back to TGIF. All right, y'all. Did you know you can, uh, that even an OK credit score can cost you over up to a hundred grand over the cost over the life of a 30 year home loan? That's why you should use ScoreMaster before you apply for any loan. Now, ScoreMaster can take a credit score from OK to great really fast. Now, the average user adds 61 points in 20 days or less. Now, recent COVID surges will keep interest rates pretty low for now, and adding 61 points to your score could save you thousands on a home loan. But look, those rates are not, they're going to go up pretty soon, so you want to get on this. But before you apply, go ahead and visit scoremaster.com where you can add points to your credit score really fast. 
then you can maintain and protect your credit score with a 24-7 credit monitoring and $1 million fraud insurance. Now, it only takes millions minutes to enroll. See uh, your points and get more points and qualify for the lowest rates available. Now, visit scoremaster.com slash T. That's scoremaster.com slash T to get started today. And listen, I don't just read this commercial. Sorry, that was a little bit of a struggle. But um, I'm actually uh, a client of theirs. And I get alerts all the time when anything changes right away so I can be on top of it. And um, I'm telling you, this Scoremaster thing really does work. I highly recommend it. And you should check it out. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back with more of the show when we return. Welcome back to TGIF. I'm looking at the comments. They talking about cryptocurrency. Are we getting three uh-huh. days a week? Yes, I got that Dogecoin, Dogecoin. And uh, yep, lots of love in the chat. If you're loving the show, give us some thumbs up or some flames or some fire. If you want to see more of us or see us come to a city near you. All right. Speaking of seeing someone and not seeing each other anymore, we're going to talk about uh, Stevie J and Faith. Mm. Uh, it looks like they are not going to make it. Stevie J has filed for a divorce from Faith Evans. After three years of marriage. Now, last year, there were reports that Faith allegedly put them paws on Stevie and she was arrested for domestic violence. But it's unclear if that incident has anything to do with their pending divorce. Now, this will be Stevie J's first divorce and Faith's second divorce. Are y'all shocked that this marriage appears to be over? I'm shocked that it ever happened in the first place. I mean, Faith just always came off way too mature for Stevie but you know what there's a cautionary tale in this that I want every woman out here to listen to me listen to me daughter faith is the example of when a man actually has respect for you he will semi treat you right because the stuff that Stevie did to Jocelyn I can assure you faith Evans did not experience but uh I'm surprised that he's the one that found. I mean, Faith must be really getting on his damn nerves to make Stevie J be the person to file. Al, what do you think? I mean, like like you said, and like you know, you mentioned, I, I think we knew it was coming. I think the writing was on the wall. Uh, you know, Stevie J, all those antics around his hip-hop, love and hip-hop situation, the child support, the bankruptcy, you know, I the funny part to me was that he actually physically went down to the courthouse, according to the report. He physically went down to the courthouse and filed this divorce on his own. Now, that's where I'm a little bit concerned. Now, I'm wondering if he's doing that for a storyline, because who do you know? I mean, all the money that they got, all the lawyers that work with him, with his bankruptcy, with his child support issues, with all the other crap that he's got going on. Why did he not use a lawyer instead of going down to the courthouse physically and filing those divorce papers? I think we need to pay attention to the details a little bit. Something tells me that it might be over, but his antics are starting to rev back up because of the show coming back up. I like Faith Evans and... um... After all that child support, she done paid for that man. And this is how I'm going to do her like that. Yeah, these Negroes that do you. (laughs) Ain't none of them good. Ain't none of them. She picked up the slack on some of his stuff. And that I know for a fact. And damn. So eh, maybe, I mean, she did put her hands on him. But I can see why. Mm. Let me know. Have you ever gotten in a fight with a dude before? Have I? Yeah, have you ever have you ever got into like a scuffle with somebody you're dating? 
Yeah, I have. Did but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it was a fair. It was definitely not a fair fight. I I had a fight with someone before. I have. Yeah, I you have. Know, I had an ex boyfriend choke me and hold me over the balcony because I wouldn't shut up. And you know, I didn't leave him because of that. Do you, <laughs> you know? My friends laugh at me. Do you want to know why I left him? Now he choked me out and I came back. But I left him because he locked the door. Because <laughs> he locked the door? He locked the door. One night, <laughs> we got into a, a fight after the club and we had a deadbolt on the inside. And he locked it. And I couldn't get in the house. And for some reason, that registered worse than him choking me and holding me over the balcony. When that bastard went to work the next morning, I called the moving company. When he got off of work, all my shit was gone. Okay, you have to lock me out of where I paid rent. For whatever reason, that just registered to me more disrespectful than him choking me. Really? Oh, wow. It did. I, I've never had anyone hit me more than once. Like, if, if it happened, it was that was it. It was a fight, and that was it, and it was the end of all be all. But damn, Cube, I think you got. I think you like a little bit of that. You like to be right. Cute. He like a little bit of that. I, I, no, no it, it, but it's just funny. This man literally held me over the balcony, and we were able to get over that. But I could not get past him locking that damn door. Wow. I, I think it's because he made less money than me, and I moved into his apartment, <laughs> and we were still broke. And I didn't understand why we was broke together now because I was doing fine before I got with you, and you gonna lock the door. We we all have our limits. You know, we we gonna take a quick break, but this isn't in the script. But it kind of make when we come back before we get into the next story about uh Brit- Brittany Renner and and Cam- Kevin Samuels and that train wreck. Um, I want y'all to think about during the break. What's the craziest, pettiest, or wildest, or silliest reason that you broke up with someone? Okay, when we come back, I want right. I want everybody in the chat to put their stories in there, and we're gonna come back and give a little bit about our lives. When we come back, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with more TGIF and breakup stories. Damn, cute. <laughs> Come back to TGIF. So listen, before we went to break, we just kind of like, you know, kind of just chatting about crazy reasons or reasons why you broke up with someone and the people in the chat are going on. I want to hear, before I hear from you fellas, let me go ahead and read a couple of the uh, the comments in the chat. Okay. okay. Nisa says, I broke up with someone because he told me that his mama didn't want him to get another job. Okay. Uh, v says, I broke up with my ex because he wanted to be in a three-way relationship. Ooh. <laughs> Omari said, I once drove in a snowstorm to break up with my ex because he refused to go to my prom with me. It was the damn last straw. <laughs> uh, Terivio says, I broke up with my ex-girlfriend in high school because she used to fart on me when we would cuddle. <laughs> and someone said, because uh, his birthday was coming up. And Carmen said, when he said Golden Corral was the best restaurant in the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> KJ almost. Got it. When he said he wanted to take me there. Uh, I want to hear from y'all. What are some of the reasons why y'all broke up with someone? You go, you know what? There was a, a dumb reason, a silly reason, or a, just give me reasons why you broke up with someone. So no. outside of the outside of he locked the door, my my relationship before that, he was just too indecisive. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and we literally broke up because I asked him what did he want for dinner? And it was the last straw. I was like, TGI, TGI Fridays, no, I don't want that red lobster. I don't want that. I was like, well, what do you want? And we ended up getting a huge argument about him being indecisive. And that was the last day I ever seen him. Damn. No, that's a turnoff, though. I can see that being like just, long term. That's not going to make it. It's not a manly characteristic to me being indecisive. Right. Al, what about you? Oh, God. I'm so petty, y'all. I don't want to share mine, but I'll share it. So <clears throat> I broke up with someone before because we were out hanging out together. 
and uh, she was she was beautiful. She always been beautiful. She was a model, whatever. And so I feel like this: if you with me, then you don't need to be looking at nobody else. You don't need to be entertaining nobody else. You can't take a drink from nobody else. If I go to the bathroom, if I come back and you chatting that person up, we got a problem. You need to tell that person that you're good and move. You know, keep it moving. So this particular time, this you know, this guy was being very aggressive. And what I took is disrespect to me. So he was trying to holler at her while I'm sitting there. I was like, yo, bro, good. She's good. She's with me. I went to the bathroom. When I came back, he was talking to her. That lady I got my, I got my, I, I got my keys and I left. I got my keys out of her purse and I left. Because if you don't have the respect to be like, yo, I'm good. My man's in the bathroom. I'm good. Then I, I'm out of here. So I broke up for that. But well, what was you doing in the bathroom? That lady had a premonition. She, she said, knew. I'm not, <laughs> not, not going to marry this Negro and he take all my damn money. That lady got <laughs> She got she, too bad the other one didn't know. <laughs> I swear I can't stand you. you. That lady said he looked like he going to When I see you, I'm going to choke you. I'm going to choke you out. Why? Why? He ain't going to do nothing about it. He going to let you do the <laughs> That lady said, no right. more goddamn money. <laughs> Go she knew. We finna get in trouble. Go to the next story, Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> that lady said, your ass ain't gonna marry me for my goddamn money. <laughs> 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 oh, I Jesus. promise you, she won't do it again. Oh. Won't do it on me again. Don't y'all think that's disrespectful? That's disrespectful. If you come to the club with a dude, you need to let everybody else know that they can beat it. Like, but, you, you, but, but you don't know what that person was saying. Because I had a guy trip on me like that one time. And, and it was a gay guy that was talking to me about a project. And this guy was tripping. Like, he was the type of guy that's like, why are you looking over there? I'm like, because there's people. And it comes, it came off as very insecure. And, then, and one time a guy was legit asking me about a project. And he was, we were talking about a project and he, I didn't see him waiting for me. He took that opportunity to just leave me at the spot and thought I was disrespecting him. I was like, but you're the one who introduced this person and tell about work. And he left me. So I, I you just don't know what the person's talking about. And okay. women, we brought up to be yeah. nice. Sometimes we being polite and we ain't even being that. Okay. You need to bring me over. You need to say, yo, we're talking, hey, this is my man. Hug and kiss me and say, we're just talking about a project. You need to bring, nah, nah. It's I didn't see. Now, it's, your light skin insecurity is coming out all the time. <laughs> Amra. The little no, controlling it's out. No. It's not controlling and no, insecure. I, I get it. I totally get it. It's not insecurity. It's called privilege. You're supposed to honor me as your man, and you don't disrespect me by entertaining another man while you're in my company. I'm just mad that lady didn't want to pay for them drinks. Okay? <laughs> that lady started your ass for your work, and she knew you was only into her for her pocketbook. <laughs> Speaking of relationships that were doomed from the start, last week Instagram model Brittany Retta, we talked about uh, you know, her coming under fire for posting hide your sons on Instagram during a visit to Jackson State University. Well, recently Renner surprised everyone on social media by making an appearance with dating guru. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> dating guru, Kevin <laughs> Samuels, who has uh, controversies of his own. Uh, posted an Instagram story with Renna and, and wrote, let me just leave this right here. What do you think Renna and Samuels are up to outside of social media? So do you think they could actually ever really be a thing? 
Child, they had just left sacks picking out some damn Louboutins for a ball. That's about, that's about the only... <laughs> Listen. I don't even know where to start with this. He ain't no damn dating guru. Well, if, if, you know what? I know what they was doing together. She was over there giving him advice on how he could <laughs> a high-value man. That's what they was over there... That she was over there coaching his ass on how he can attract a high value man. That's <laughs> over there. Oh God, you Al, what you think they was doing? Look, I think this is. I, I am fascinated by this young lady. I've said this before on this show. I don't have a lot to say about what the two of them are doing, but I'm gonna stay tuned. I want to know. But basketball wise people, like you say, basketball wise people, I done told y'all. You need to give this girl a call. She is exciting. She's engaging. And I think she would be a perfect addition to Basketball Wives LA. So would Kevin Samuels. (laughs) (laughs) That part, exactly. Hey, Kevin. Even though you denied, you turned down coming on my show because you didn't want that smoke. We would have had a good old time, Kevin Samuels. We would have had fun. I think Kevin Samuels, we would have had a good old time, Kevin Samuels. All right, moving on. Mm, okay. A Los Angeles woman, uh, Daphne Cardinale, and her husband, uh, Alexander, are suing a fertility clinic after she gave birth to another woman's baby. Now, the fertility clinic mistakenly implanted Daphne and another woman with each other's embryos. Can you imagine? Now, Daphne shared that after giving birth, the baby didn't resemble her or her husband. And then she had a gut feeling that something just wasn't right. So a DNA test confirmed that the baby was not a biological child. What are your thoughts on the story? And do you give the baby back? And like, it's not like, it like shoes. You return it like, oh, this is yours. Let's exchange. You already have a bond, right? What would y'all do? How do y'all feel? What do you well, think? Claudia, in this story, you know, she did give the baby back. Mm. The, couples, the couples became friends and they, after a little while, swapped the kids that were appropriately, the, the you know, the, the thing I didn't like about this story, and I don't have a kid, so you guys, the audience has to help me understand this. She was the outrage. Number one, the husband was upset that the child was too dark. And so he didn't think it was his kid. So he went and got a home DNA test and tested it and found out that it wasn't his kid. Then they rotated from that outrage to be an outrage that she missed the birthing of her real child. After she figured that out, she then rotated to being outraged because she's got to give the baby that she did birth away. So what, how do you settle this? How do you settle this? And I mean, Al, she gets to be outraged about all of them. Mm -hmm. If I'm black, I don't want no white baby. I don't want no Chinese baby and ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, You robbed me of me being able to get that maternal bond in the womb of my own child. And on the flip side of things, I have this baby here that I did think was mine that on that level alone, I formed a bond with. And no, I don't want to give it back. But yes, I want my, my, my real baby. I think this lady is allowed to be as confused as she is under mm. the circumstances. This is, okay. you're never going, no one's going to heal from this. There's mm. no amount of therapy that's going to fix this for these two moms. Hmm. I cannot imagine the, the the mixed emotions that both sets of parents have got exactly. to have. First, 
again, you, you're going to bond to the, the child that you was inside of you and that you birthed. And then to find that that's not the one, but then you feel probably guilty. Like the, my real one is over there, but I'm a, I'm bonded to this. Imagine the sleepless nights. Imagine the anxiety, imagine the heartbreak and the guilt that you feel yeah. switching babies back because that's the right thing to do. That is a horrible situation. And I cannot believe they made such a huge mistake with people's lives and families and children. And then what happens if you get this new baby and you don't like it? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Why are you laughing? But it's very valid. Like, what if you get this one and be like, oh, I don't like the way this one acts. You don't like act like the other one. I mean, you got the baby four months into its whatever. And then you don't even want it no more. Like... It's just is just bad, and, and 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 it's the type of fertility nightmare that I hate that it's even played out on the news because this is going to scare the living daylights out of people who go for IVF uh, treatments. On a shallower note, if you had the cuter baby, or the <laughs> never mind, this they, they just can't go. We better leave this alone. Just never mind. We better I'm, leave this alone. I'm learning. Y'all is gonna be mad, right? Y'all know, y'all know what I'm thinking. Q. Right. <laughs> Anywho. I hope the one that I got back makes it, though. <laughs> a woman in Missouri is working with legislators to propose a new law that would require drunk drivers to pay child support if a parent is killed. Cecilia Williams lost her son, daughter-in-law, and her four-month-old grandson to a drunk driving incident in April. Now, Cecilia is uh, turning her anger into law. The law, Bentley's law, is named after her five-year-old grandson. Are you in favor of this law? You know, I I thought about this for long and hard, and I completely understand the spirit that birthed this law, but it's a slippery slope because following that logic, then anytime somebody loses a parent as a result of a crime, oh, you shot and killed uh, my son, and now... He's, her mom's a single mom. You should pay child support. Oh, you know, uh, uh, he was a crane operator for your business and he fell and, and broke his neck and died. Your company should now pay child support. It's just a very slippery slope if we open up this can of worms. Q, this ain't no slippery slope. This is the dumbest and not well thought out legislation we've seen in a hundred years of legislation. Now, if you kill somebody from drinking and driving, you go to jail. How are you going to pay child support if you're in jail? You ain't got no job. You got a point. So what is this lady talking about? Why is she getting media attention? It ain't adding up. Once again, these people just talking about legislation. And the sad part is, the, the what is he, he's the uh, congressman is is fighting for the bill now there's nobody in that leadership that says how this man gonna pay child support in jail well maybe she's just hoping that people get hit by rich money from the state good thought good intentions but dumb and not well thought out you can't you can't get blood out of what's the what's that say blood out of, blood out of a turn up get out of here well, have y'all seen that they're they're talking about uh new cars that they're gonna have where you have to like they they can kind of check if you're you've been drunk if you they if you're already got them i got this friend 
Child, we be having to blow in his car for his ass. <laughs> well, that's a device that yeah they put into yeah, that's the device that they put in your car. I had a friend you know, uh, that. Uh, you know, the first time that bastard asked me to blow into his car, so that was a dumb thing to do. As then, as you drink. I was like, "You're not embarrassed to do this," and then I felt bad because I'm like, "Well." What's the reason why you can't blow? And this is probably on your car for a reason. And if you hit somebody, it's not my fault because I don't start you, your car with my you breath. You ain't blow for nobody, son. That's don't what I'm saying. I mean, nobody. what's what's up with his judgment? Because of all people, he's gonna ask you to blow into it. You? <laughs> I would pay somebody at Burger King to blow before I do Oh you Lord! Blow. Oh Lord! Oh my God! Yeah, that is kind of funny. You know, I was going to talk about this uh, this rug story, but I think we should save it for for Friday because we only okay. have a couple of minutes. I, I want to do the story the proper the proper justice. So we'll definitely okay. talk about that. Um, let's let's get into this Tyson Beckford before we go. Uh, he has words for people who still support R. Kelly's music. Beckford said Beckford said that anyone who still supports R. Kelly's music should be ashamed that the money from his music streams should go to his victims. Beckford also said that anyone who supports Kelly is supporting. A pedophile. Do you agree with Tyson Beckford's statements? The money should most definitely go to the victims. But what y'all are not going to do is bow breed me, bow breed me into submission about listening to R. Kelly's music. Okay, that was the underscore of my teenage years, and you are actually expecting me to throw away a large punch, a large chunk of my life. Quite frankly, for some people, I do not know. Okay, it may sound insensitive and cold. I hate what he did to the victims, but people can listen to the doggone music and it doesn't make us bad people because we still want to hunch the bump and grind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I have mixed reviews on this, Claudia, um, because there is a large portion of these victims who parents knowingly took their kids up there to, to R. Kelly. So I'm not saying it makes it right that he abused them, but a lot of them, I think there should be some accountability for the victims and, and the families. I do think anybody that was violated should be compensated. But I also think money should go into organizations for domestic violence. Money should go to organizations for sex trafficking so that we can become a little bit more aware to support individuals in those spaces. So for me, I think the money should be shared between victims and organizations that fight this type of behavior. Well, it shouldn't go to them grown ladies that was in there eating boo-boo. Now, they ass shouldn't get nothing. You don't get nothing. <laughs> okay? The children, yes. Yes. Some of them grown women that was in talking about no. the bedroom where he had <laughs> me locked up in and made me crawl in boo-boo. She shouldn't get nothing. Instead, I asked a roll of toilet paper, but she shouldn't get no money. <laughs> Well, on that note, I want to thank my co-hosts, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva for joining me tonight. Make sure you re-watch this episode tomorrow on YouTube so we keep those numbers up and popping. We will be back here Friday with more comments, more stories, more shade, more, more of all you want. All right. So thank you so much for watching us. And uh, stick around. The Black Report is coming up next. I'm going downstairs to get my money back in the casino. I'll see y'all Friday. Bye. Bye, y'all. Be safe. Good job.